This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey guys, here's a message from one of our partners, SpiderVPN. As we all know, browsing the internet can be full of hidden dangers and snoopers, but you can easily protect yourself and at the same time get access to all your favourite websites and streams by using SpiderVPN. They have some amazing offers right now and have come highly recommended. Check them out at spidervpn.org and uh, get yourself some great offers now. And don't forget to mention Dazzling Dave or Always Wolves to get yourself a real nice discount. That's spidervpn.org. A very good evening. It's the day after Wolves have taken another three points. This time away in Everton, away in Liverpool against Everton at Goodison Park. And Captain Fantastical... Connor Cody, Liverpudlian, born and bred, obviously would have enjoyed that one more than most, scoring against Everton, his third goal of the season, and then his celebration in front of the travelling Wolves fans, which were in fantastic voice the whole game through. We're also going to be looking back at the Watford game again, because let's face it, let's face it, the last time we did uh, extra time, we come off uh, the back of... um, Three defeats in a row. We were a little bit down in the dumps. We were looking ahead to Watford uh, with hope, but trepidation. Watford obviously coming off the back of some good away performances, a shutout against United, um, and obviously Wolves three three nil up after 20, 21 minutes. It's like what's going on, and then we followed it up with a one nil victory away against Everton. And Wolves currently back off, back up to seventh. I think we're on 46 points. I think our highest points haul since return to the Premier League, correct me if I'm wrong, is about 56 points. And um, we've got Leeds under the lights on Friday night. And then we've got Aston Vanilla following that. But I just should mention, before we get started as well, um, we've got some fantastic pundits in the back room. We've got Jack, Chris, Josh and Sam. 
And if there's any female fans that want to get on here to talk representing the, the ladies, just drop us a message and we'll send you the link and we'll get you on the show as well. But as Jack's mentioned uh, in the private chat, we do need to uh, mention that the Wolves under 23s have beaten the West Birmingham Baggy Birds tonight, four goals to nil, uh, them stripy lot down the road. So uh, well done to the under 23s. We've got so much to get through tonight. Um, just before we get started and bring on my first guest, I do want to say a big thank you uh, to Spider VPN for powering extra time. Obviously, they provide routers um, for your home, that, or for all of your devices, so that you can be anywhere in the world and uh, you know get your streams and watch American Netflix and all of those sort of things that you need to do and keep your privacy secure. Um, so thank you for those guys. Much appreciated. Uh, please show your support for them by hitting the link. We will also be having uh, the latest um, competition from football prizes, which I'll put on uh, later on the show and talk about on the podcast. It will be in the description. I can tell you already how half of the entries have already gone for Wednesday night's draw, but I'll come on to that in a bit. And, you know, if you enjoy this sort of content, please let YouTube know, smash a like. And uh, if you're brand new, if you do subscribe, you've only got to be subscribed for one minute and you'll be able to join in the chat. So let's bring on my first guest, the regular on the show. I uh, saw him down at Everton uh, pre-match. Hi, Jack, how are you? Evening, Dave. Evening, everyone. We all okay? Fantastic. Well, uh, we bumped into you just outside of an Everton pub opposite the ground and you'd actually been mixing it with the enemy and got in there and had a point. Yeah, behind enemy lines, if you like, yeah. yeah. But honestly, they were fantastic, to be fair. I mean, all, all weekend we were, we were in Liverpool for the for the weekend. We had the night out the previous night and it's, it's a wonderful city. I mean, I can't speak highly enough of it. I know it gets a bit of a reputation, but but it's fantastic. And, and, and their fans were so accommodating. And even after the game, actually, when we were walking back to where we'd parked, they were coming up and saying, you know, you deserve to win and, and good luck for the rest of the season and, and things like that. There was no sort of animosity or viciousness at all. It, it was a fantastic. And, and that pub right outside the their stadium was, was fantastic. I mean, it was, it was completely bedecked in pictures of Duncan Ferguson and Tim Cale and everything. You, you couldn't mistake it for an Everton pub, but they made us feel so welcome. It was really good. That's amazing. Apparently, I was on Match of the Day too. I need to. I need someone to screenshot that, mate, screenshot say, that yeah. and send it me on Instagram. Fantastic. I can then say I was officially on Match of the Day too. Yeah, Although you've been on more times than West Brom this season than haven't you? Well, that's, that's the truth. And to be honest, Jack... Um, me and Em, we uh, we were um, obviously we met you outside the pub. We gate crashed into uh, um, the walk. What was it called? It was called Hot Walk. Um, if you looked on my Instagram, and it was literally right opposite the ground. And we went in there with a coat up because we were hungry. And we had a I had a, a curry in a box. What did you have? Salt and pepper chicken, um, and we had a drink. And um, then we sat down and we uh, we had our callers on. It was all Everton um, and chats, speaking to some of the Everton fans. Like you said, they were really great with us. And then as we were walking out, the manager said, how the hell did you get in here? <laughs> it's like, I says, oh, it's OK. We were, we were talking and everything. So it was all good. The chap I was sat next to, actually, he was Everton fan. He was from Bristol. Um, apparently as well, he had a, he had a proper West Country accent. Um, I do want to say hello to everyone uh, in the chat. Uh, Yobby is here. 
from greetings from Mexico. Fantastic to have uh, people from all over the world tuning in. Uh, let us know where you're watching from. Again, I'll post some of them um, on the chat. And if you do want, you definitely want your uh, messages uh, shouted out or and you want to help support the channel, consider uh, doing a super chat. Uh, that would be appreciative. It helps me manage to keep the subscription for the live stream software uh, going. Jack, let's get stuck in. Let's do it. Last time we were on, we weren't as happy as we are today, were we? No. I mean, we did say, didn't we, we things could turn around very quickly. We did. We did. Uh, and they certainly have, haven't they? I mean, we, we were even saying, weren't we? It'd be nice to beat someone 3 or 4-0, you know, and have we a comfortable, comfortable game. And Thursday night comes along and, and that's exactly what we did. And I think I think everyone needed it, didn't they? Fans, players, staff. You know, we just needed that result just to kind of go. You know what? We're not we're not as bad as we looked on on Saturday against Palace. We're a better team than we showed, and and the Watford game kind of just reinvigorated everyone, didn't it? You know, and we all sort of went. Actually, you know what? This season's not dead. We're still alive and kicking. We've still got a bit to go, and then you go and follow it up with a fantastic performance yesterday. You know, uh, it was a, it was a tough game. We had to uh, dig in at times, particularly first half. But I think a lot of what we did first half was was planned and, and was managed by by Bruno and, and the players because even the to, to the extent of the, the Huang injury and things, he went down, he got up, went down. I think it was just all to take the sting out of the game. Do, they, do you know what? Do you know what? And uh, Timasu is watching from Ontario, Canada, which is fantastic. So we've gone from Mexico to Canada. We've got Dover in there and Cornwall and Worcester. And um, I think you I did the international. I did the reaction with Paul and Chris after the game. And, and Jack, we're definitely going to have to get you on one of the instant reactions after the match as well. Uh, and Paul, interestingly, made exactly that comment. He said it was. He felt it was tactical. And you think that as well? One hundred percent. Yeah. You could. You could even tell that. You know, Everton were going to come out out of the blocks firing yesterday. They were fired up. Lampard even said in his post-match interview that their plan was to try and score early yesterday and, and try and control the game from, from a winning position. So we kind of knew, and we said even before the game when we were chatting, if we can keep it quiet in terms of the game early on, their fans will start to get nervous. They'll start to turn on the players. There'll be a bit of you know edge into the ground. And then we can control it from there. And that's exactly how it planned out. I mean, you, me and my friend Tony were sort of sat one behind the other and we kept turning to each other and going, this is their fans. Every time Pickford sort of didn't play the ball first time or every time they sort of passed it backwards, their fans were sort of shouting, get, get it, you know. And you could just tell that the longer it stayed nil-nil, their fans were thinking, oh no, not another defeat. This is goals coming for Wolves. And you just sensed that that was the plan all along, just to keep them quiet, take the sting out of the game, make it very, very scrappy and bitty first half. Don't let them have any momentum, no fluency, no flow stifle them, stop them, whatever you need to do, and then take control second half. And that's exactly what we did. We got the goal really early in the in the second half, three, four minutes in. Really fabulously worked goal, wasn't it? Finished superbly oh, by, by Cody. It was like Alan Shearer, wasn't he, with those neck yeah. muscles, just bulleting it in the far corner. And then from there, I mean, we just controlled the game. We could have been two or three more with, with some of the openings. We right had. after we had, we were they they kind of almost fell apart, didn't they? Everton just after it. We just, I mean, Jimenez had that one uh, on the on the half volley. Pedence had another one that fizzed. Both just 
just saw the post and, and uh, later on Trinko had a good shot, a good effort just, yeah. just over. That was a really good effort from Trinko. I was a bit shocked. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Not like him, is it? Yeah, thank you to Wolves F1 uh, for that. Uh, Derek as well. We've, so we've gone from Mexico to Canada to New Zealand and uh, a lot of British in between. Um, and apparently Carl says Wolves have now won the 1,000th Tom Floyd match and a 14th club to do it, apparently. I don't know how true that is, but he's good with his He's good with his stats. Uh, to be fair, I, I, mean, I think you make a good point because... The way I looked at it, I looked at it a little bit different. And Paul made me see it in a different light when I saw it. I just thought we needed to start really strong and on the front foot. And I was a bit concerned in the first 10, 15 minutes because we, you know, there's a couple of opportunities for Everton um, to, to take the lead. Jose saw made a couple of crucial interceptions. And then on around about the 25-minute mark, I like to say Wang went down, but I think he was genuinely injured and trying to carry on. Um, and do we know the extent of that injury? Have we heard any more? I've not heard anything, no. no I mean, maybe someone in, in the chat can has maybe heard anything. I don't know. But um, I, I think he was injured. I'm not saying he was faking. But I think in terms of just taking the sting out of the game, it, it kind of worked really well, didn't it? Because he went down, he, he sort of... Oh, they were going nuts, weren't they? The Everton fans—they were that was it, yeah. losing, losing, it. losing it, and it and it turned what was quite a passionate crowd into quite a hostile one. Yeah, and that's on that emotion and that anger almost. They then transferred to their own team when it started to go wrong. So in that way, it worked really well for us as well. But um, I, I think you're right. I think first twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes, I think they they were good. Everton they pressed us. We they gradually took control, forward. didn't we? As we're going on into the last 15 minutes of the first half, Wolves are starting to be the dominant team then. Yeah, and um, I think um, I think Pedence had a lot to do with that because as soon as he started to get on the ball when he came on and run at their defenders and commit them into spaces they didn't want to go into, we started to get 10, 15, 20 yards further up the pitch. And once we did that, we, we had complete control because... I think their midfield really struggled against Neves and Matinho. And I think once they got into areas where they could control the game, rather than sort of just sitting on the edge of our own box and, and doing a lot of defensive work, once they got into that centre circle and beyond, I think we had complete control on the game. And I think that, that was especially true when uh, Deli Ali came on for them. Because, I mean... I didn't even uh, notice him. Well, there was, there was that, wasn't there? But they just lost all their shape. As soon as they took the wing back off and brought Deli Ali on, it was almost like, you know like a kid would do when they're playing FIFA or something. Oh, I'm a goal down. I'm going to take a defender off, bring a striker on. They just lost all their shape completely. And it allowed us just to play in triangles in and around our own sort of midfield area. They had no shape. They were pressing us quite well to begin with. But then once he came on and, and sort of floated around in sort of no man's land, they had no shape to press us and we just completely controlled the game. It was really professional from us. I, I talked to you about before, after we played Tottenham, didn't I, and said, how comfortable and composed we were. I think yesterday was probably just just as much so, wasn't it? In terms of, I never felt under threat once we went 1-0 up. I thought, we've, we've got this. And, and we said at half-time, if we get the first goal, I think we'll win the game. Uh, and that's not us being smart, is it? That's just, you could tell that the first goal was going to be absolutely huge. Because if they got it, their crowd would suddenly be lifted and, and it'd be difficult for us to, to get back into it. If we got it, then you're in a, a really strong platform just to, keep pushing on and like I said we could have had a couple more goals I think that would have wouldn't have been unflattering to us I think we deserved to be be, win by by two or three really in the end with the chances that we had and certainly they didn't threaten a comeback very much at all I think 
I saw some highlights, uh, I don't know if it was on, on the internet, and half the chances that they showed for Everton were offside anyway. They, they didn't really cut us open or have too many opportunities at all once once we went 1-0. I think we controlled it really, really well. No, I think you're absolutely right, mate. I think you made some really, really good points on that, to be fair. And, um, I mean, it was a good... It was a good... Follow-up, wasn't it, to the Watford game? I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know how you felt going into the Watford game. I was, I was, I wasn't confident when we were playing Watford because I thought I look at Watford's team and they've kind of got everything that we don't like to play against that pace and power up front and and you, you've expected almost Hodgson to just do a job if you like and just get them really solid and organised and try and frustrate. It was kind of what we did to Everton in the end and sort of take the sting out of the game. And I thought it was going to be a real slog, to be honest, the Watford game. And it was kind of the opposite, wasn't it? We just came out of the blocks and by 20 minutes, the game was done. And it's been a long, long time since we've been in that position where, you know, you're looking at the clock and there's an hour to go and you kind of feel like the game's won and done yeah. and dusted. Whether that was, I know Watford weren't great and we kind of got to always say, haven't we, sometimes, you know, but you can only beat what what's in front of you. And I thought we did a superb job of kind of exploiting just their lack of energy and enthusiasm almost. I mean, I, I said to, to the guy next to me when we were watching the game, we were 3-0 up. And you look at the two managers in the dugout, Bruno Large, he's got his arms pointing everywhere. He's telling his players he wants this, he wants this. Roy Hodgson stood with his hands in his pockets like, like he's cold and he doesn't want to be there and he would rather be at home doing something, you know. And I just thought, that that's ludicrous. You know, if you're 3-0 down, your manager should be there, shouldn't he, pointing and telling you what he wants you to do. It was almost like Watford had just written it off after 20 minutes and said, oh, we're not going to get anything today. Oh, let's just, you know, see how, how far we can sort of frustrate them and keep the score down. And and again, yesterday, you know, I thought Bruno he looked really up for it, you know, in terms of on the, his presence on the touchline. He was there and he's really sort of grown into that, hasn't he? That kind of, that figure. Because at the start of the season, a lot of people weren't sure and, and there was a lot of sort of that natural comparison with Nuno was there, wasn't it? And Nuno was a very passionate emotional character on the touchline. But I think we're starting to see a, a lot more of that from Bruno, aren't we? But um, now in terms of obviously the two games combined, I think that's kind of the benchmark, isn't it? We've had a yeah. home game where we've been on the front foot. We've created chances throughout. We've pushed forward. We've pressed. We've been sharp. We've been edgy. We've been clinical. And then we've had an away game where we've soaked up pressure. We've took the sting out of the game. We've frustrated the home team. And we've got more and more control as it's gone on. And we've got better and better and better. We were far better in the second half yesterday than the first half. And I thought we were better in the first half against Watford than the second half. So that's kind of the pattern that I think Bruno is kind of trying to get at in his, his interviews after the game. That's kind of what he's hinted at. He wants when we're away from home to grow stronger as the game goes on. And when we're at home, he wants us to start on the front foot. And then perhaps if the game is in control, just sort of manage it in, in that sense as well. So it was kind of two games where you've seen a real blueprint for, for how we should be playing if we want to be successful and win games at this level. I think I think you make some really good points there again, Jack, as as you always, always do. I mean, it was a, the Wolves' support as well, I thought was particularly brilliant um, against um, against Everton. And, uh, you know, it was really strong. And I think, I don't know, sometimes you go to an away game and you, like Brentford, we seem to be quite loud, although we were less. But then you go to... Um, Arsenal and it's difficult because of the way uh, you, you spread out and that type of thing. I thought Everton, I thought we were really, we sounded really, really loud the whole game. We can't pass up the opportunity for you to have a few words about Ben Foster on Thursday night though, mate. I mean, 
What do you have to say about that? Well, I mean, it's a strange one because actually I've listened to a couple of his podcasts and his interviews. He seems like a really nice guy. And he, he does obviously does a lot for charity as well. So you've, you've kind of got to say that. But he seems to be a reduced to a pantomime villain. And he seems to just love sort of baiting opposition fans and, and sort of getting a rise out of them on, on Twitter and things like that. And I kind of feel that's a little bit, he's underselling himself because, you know, you're a Premier League goalkeeper. Your job's to, to save shots and not not to sort of annoy the opposition fans. And he seems to, to take more enjoyment from that than he does from, from saving shots. And I thought he was absolutely woeful on, on Thursday. I mean, the third goal was kind of typical, wasn't it? He fell over and couldn't get back quick enough to stop Pudence's shot. And then Pudence did it again in, in the second half, didn't he, from further out? I think Foster sort of shanked right. and didn't he? And he, from, he was nearly on the halfway line, Pudence, wasn't he? And for a split second, I thought he was in, but he just didn't quite have enough legs. But oh, yeah, I mean, Foster... that would have been, Can you imagine it, that second one and they got in? I mean, I mean, it would have been hilarious, wouldn't it? It would have been his worst nightmare of all nightmares. I think it was a bit of a nightmare anyway, because the, the second goal went in at the near post off his defender, which was a bit like, you know... We had a bit of fortune, which was nice, but he was kind of like bamboozled by it. The second, the third one, um, and then if it was that one from Pedensen, when he lost the ball again, if that had gone in, or I had this imagination of him trying to get back and then falling over and it just going over him, that would have been so comical, but it didn't. But then we had Neves' goal as well that let him, yeah. um, I mean, what a goal that was, mate. That was brilliant, wasn't it? And, and what I liked about the Neves' goal was the reaction of the crowd. I mean, I've, I've been I've been going to Wolves for twenty years, twenty plus now, nearly, and I've only ever heard that when Neves scores. Instead of like a cheer, it's almost like a wow. There was the one it's when like, he scored oh. against Derby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like you see that picture of the the, the, the South Bank in there at Derby when they're all like. That's as exactly it, isn't it? And then, then like, Espanyol like, scored that one, didn't he? Where he chested it down and and tated it in the bottom corner, and then again the the Watford one. It was almost there was a couple of seconds of just stunned sort of. Has he really done that? And then everyone celebrates. And I just think he's such a fabulous footballer, isn't he, Ruben Neves? I just think, you know, whatever kind is going on in terms of football, we've just got to sit back sometimes and go, this guy's playing for Wolves, you know. I know, mate. You know, I've got Man City on the the tail here. He could easily play for Manchester City. He could play for, for most of those teams, couldn't he? You know, he's just such a good footballer. And he seems to love playing for Wolves. Well, isn't his latest tattoo of having because uh, he's got a wolf tattoo? He's having some of his most memorable moments tatted on onto him as well. Celebrate! Yeah, yeah. I think he's got that and the yeah. and stuff like that. He's having put onto him as well. So yeah. that tells you a lot about his affinity with wolves. And to be honest, there's a few people, um, there's a few people mentioned it in the uh, the chat. Nevers to me. He is the key to our future. We have to give him what he needs. He deserves it. He's been loyal four and a half years. We need to give him. And we've got Kilman on till 2026. We've got Neto signed up till 2027. That doesn't mean that Wolves won't sell if someone comes in with a stupid bid of like, you know, millions and millions. It just means that Wolves are able to not stress about letting them go on the cheap a bit like what happened, you know, the situation that happened with the Dharma Traore. We still don't know what's happening with them. He didn't even play again for Barcelona at the weekend. And, uh, 
you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens in the summer. But Ruben Neves, surely he's one that you want to see another two or three years added onto his contract because he's literally in the summer two years to go in it. So it needs sorting. It does, yeah. And, and I think that's kind of what, what we need to do. We need to sort of sit down with Ruben and say, listen, whatever you want from this football club, we can give to you. Because it is worth, I don't know what his, his weekly wage is at the minute, but he's probably worth a lot more than that, I would, I would expect. You know, you think Martinez on 100 grand a week. I mean, Neves is probably worth at least that, if not more, isn't he? So I think we've got to kind of sit down and kind of make him a really substantial offer. But then you, ta- you t- tailor that and say, but there'll be a release clause and there'll be this, that, and, you know, make sure that we look after him and that we look after the club as well. I mean, I'd love to see him sign a big long-term contract, but I wouldn't necessarily be going, oh, that means he's here for the next five years. I think there will be a point where, where he moves on to a to an elite football club, whether that's one of the, the Sky Sports 6 in the Premier League or whether that's a, a, a Bayern Munich, a Juventus, someone like that. I think if he goes, he's either going to go to... I, I, I could, he could play for City, but then they're just like, look at Grealish. You know, he's gone there. Man United, he would probably be a great fit for them, but I don't think generally, I don't think he'd be happy at United with the the way it is. Liverpool obviously isn't thingy, but again, you you know, Tottenham, Arsenal probably would be his best fit, I would would think, in terms of like, and they were rumoured to be in from last year. Other than that, you're looking going, like you say, abroad to a Real Madrid or somewhere like that. But I think Neves is quite settled. His family's settled. I mean, interestingly enough, um, we were talking on the way out. Um, Paul got talking to his best mate on the way out, um, who we were chatting to. And we did say happy birthday to Ruben Neves. And I gave him the little the little card. He was going to pass it on to Neves. So he could be watching. You don't know. Ruben... Yeah. What do we want to say to Ruben Nevers if he's watching? Happy birthday, Ruben. Stay at Wolves as long as you can. Absolutely, right. Absolutely. I do want to say as well, we've just got a brand new member of the channel. There's four membership options. And by being a member, you help support the channel. Um, I've just invested in a, a microphone and stuff like that. And so if you if you if you do want to become a member, it does help. Because obviously I do all of this, but it just helps me uh, keep all the quality, different things that I'm trying to do. So uh, check that out below. And thanks, Gary, for joining the membership. Uh, we'll put the link to the Discord group over the next 24 hours for you on the comments section. Um, yeah, Adrian says Real Madrid in three years. That, well, I mean, we, you know, three more years would be all right, wouldn't it? I think so, yeah. And, and I think we've got to kind of keep growing the club. I think Bruno even sort of hinted at this in an interview, didn't he? He said, you know, Ruben Nevers would love to stay at Wolves for the rest of his career if there's genuine progression and, and the club are matching his ambitions. And I think that's the crucial thing, isn't it? We can talk about contract lengths and, and weekly wages and this, that and the other. But ultimately, we've got to be progressing as a club, haven't we? You know, that's qualifying for Europe regularly. That's challenging in, in the League Cup and the FA Cup, isn't it? That's going to the, the big six teams and giving them a bloody nose from time to time, you know, and showing that we, we can compete with them. I think if we can do that consistently, then we can keep our better players. I don't think financially the club's in any sort of desperate need to sell players. I mean, I've looked through some of the, the headlines of the accounts and, and we're very, very well running in that sense. So we're not. there's not going to be a fire sale anytime soon and we're not going to be you know, selling off the family silver 
at any point, you know. But I think we've got also got to be realistic and say these players, the likes of Neves, Neto, you know, these guys, they they will want to play European football. They'll want to play Champions League football in the in the not too distant future. If that's with Wolves, then that's great. But if we're not at that level, then those players will will move on. And I think we've kind of absolutely, just got to absolutely, mate. And to that to that point, um, European football, we've got Leeds Friday night. It's a winnable game. Obviously, Leeds got their first win. They do seem still vulnerable. It's a home game against Leeds. We can win that. Is that the international break then? Yeah, straight after that. Yeah, we've got a couple of weeks, haven't we, till till we play Villa. So yeah, but I mean, yeah, again, the Leeds game is, is going to be going to be crucial, isn't it? Because you're potentially going up to forty nine points then with with what nine games left, yeah, eight, nine games left. So you put yourself on in a re- again. We talk about platforms, don't we? You put yourself in a platform there where you can have a real good go at it. I mean, I've I've said all all the time through these these last couple of months, seventh place is probably I think where where we'll get. Now, whether that's enough for, for Europe, I don't know. We don't know what's happening with Chelsea at the minute, do we? In terms the Conference of... League now? Oh, absolutely. And I know some people are a little bit sniffy about the Conference League, but I tell you yeah. what, if we, were in, if we were in the Conference League, we'd get some great European days, we'd get some teams coming down the Molyneux under the lights, and we'd be one of the stronger teams in it. So, you know, we're not, we're not going to go in it and think, oh, well, as long as we get through the groups, we'll be all right, you know, like some teams do. We could actually have a really good go in that in that conference. Well, league. if we can get to the quarterfinals and within five minutes of extra time with Sevilla and, be, and missing a penalty, albeit that they played us off the park and they deserve to win, yeah. then why can't we in the uh, the conference league? I'd say Wolves are a better team at the moment than Leicester, and um, and there's a let's we will come on to that question that Adrian you've just asked about European football, but Jack, um, obviously just to finish off with your segment. Um, Talk me through uh, your performance rating uh, for Everton and your man of the match and obviously your overall uh, rating for the two games. OK, so I'm going to go 8.5 for Everton. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know, with 7.5 for the first half because, like I said, I thought we, we did what we needed to do without being exciting or expansive or, or sort of blowing anyone away. 9 out of 10 for the second half. I thought we were composed, we were classy, we were controlled. Probably could have been a little more, little bit more clinical, and that would have probably pushed it up towards a ten. But eight point five for for the overall game, and I think that's probably fair. Man of the match, we've just been talking about him, Ruben Neves. I thought he was probably the difference in the second half in terms of us controlling the game and being that attacking threat and having you know possession in dangerous areas and and controlling territory. When I saw some stats earlier, we we had nearly six hundred passes compared to Everton's just over three hundred. So wow. we're making we twice as many passes as they are. And Neves yeah, is have... a huge part of that. You know, so Neves, your man of the match? Neves, man of the match, yeah. And on his birthday. Absolutely. Well, there we go. What a weekend for him. And what a great assist as well, mate. And what That's about your overall for the two games? Where would you pitch it, your overall marker? Probably 8.5 again, yeah. I mean, like I said, we needed to beat Watford. And they're a poor side. But the way we did it was really And pleased. then what could follow it up by beating Southampton away 2-1? That's it, yeah. It, it, it's that kind of league, isn't it? Where, you know, I mean, after, we're walking out of the game after, on Thursday after we played Watford and you're thinking, them lot are gone. They're done. They didn't want to be there. They weren't interested. Like I said, the manager just stood with his hands in his pockets. And then they go and get a really good away win four days later. And you're thinking, well, hang on, they're only two points, one point off stage. 
the Premier League. It's just it, you lose a couple of games and all hope's gone. You win two and expectations rise again. You go into the Leeds game now, like thinking, come on, come on. And just be just so wolves to fall flat on that thing. Let's hope not. Um, let's hope they go in again. Uh, the sign of a really good team is like we've come out of a, a bit of a bad run. I think the Arsenal last minute goal, late goals, really not the stuffing out of us. And I think Bruno probably made a couple of mistakes, for, you know, for the first time really in his managerial career. Um, but he's got a response from the players after he laid into Hoover and stuff like that. He's obviously sat down and talked to him. I know he's not been seen anywhere near since, but like, you know, the players have took out, and you could see the camaraderie of the players, at, uh, you know, and the fans at Everton at the end. And it was absolutely brilliant. Jack, we're going to have to move on from you because we've got other things, but you absolutely make some great uh, points. Um, just to give you a heads up, the Everton, uh, sorry, the Leeds Extra Time Show will obviously be Saturday evening before match of the day. So hopefully, yeah, we, you'll be uh, recovered after s- celebrating late into the night the Leeds victory. Fingers crossed, and be yeah. back up ready for. Uh, ready for um, extra time on Saturday evening next week. But we'll make sure it's done and finished in time for match of the day, uh, unless we lose. And then we might not want to watch match of the day and we'll just keep going. <laughs> keep, keep chatting. Yeah. Right. Top man. Cheers. Nice one. Cheers. See you, everyone. So that's Jack's nomination, uh, Ruben Neves, and he's given an 8.5. Next, I'm delighted uh, to bring back onto the show uh, young Chris Mansell with a wonderful backdrop there, Chris. Uh, before we get started, just tell everyone uh, about your backdrop because it's um, it's special. It's like a little mini museum by the looks of it. It's definitely uh, dedicated to uh, the golden black. It is indeed. You can probably see um, Mike Bailey there, the old Wolves captain of the uh, early 70s in the corner there and the old Typhoo T. Um Football things you could get when by um, saving up the boxes and sending off for them when we were kids. I've got one of Derek Dugan upstairs as well. The Dug, the legend. I, I tell you what, Barry West is saying here, still keep saying it, Dave, but you did predict top six at the start of the season where you had that bad start. I tell you what, it's funny you should say that, Barry, because I did, because um, I thought we were playing well. And I said, I, th- I think we can top eight. Why not top six? I think top six might just be a stretch too far, but it's still possible. But we uh, it turned out, as it was uh, interestingly, I didn't realise it at the time, but Mr Ben Foster came on my channel. I think it was just before we uh, we played Watford. Uh, we were, And he, he came on and, and, and left a comment calling me delusional at the time. It was a three games in which is why I've laid into him a little bit first. I've tagged him on a few things, but he hasn't popped up or been quiet. I have done a couple of couple of things about Ben and the wind and stuff like that. He's on my, he's on my vlog. And um, I'd love Ben Foster to come back on now and call us all delusional. Now we're like seventh in the league. Uh, but I am pleased for, that, for him that uh, he got rid of the impact. Did you watch the bit with my dad in the preview and his little song? Yeah. When he was singing, my dad. If you've not seen the preview for the uh, for the game uh, against um, oh, uh, Everton at the weekend, if you've not seen that preview, my dad always sings a song. And he went, he, he sang, "Don't laugh at me because I'm a fool. I let in, you let in four goals. That's why you're a fool." And uh, he predicted a two 0 win, but it was so funny, mate. My dad had me rolling in that one. It's funny. 
Uh, yeah, um, you've got proper proper memory, Bill, and we got we got chance met you before the game, caught up with you, and you were on the uh, on the reaction again. Yeah, I've got to say, I did predict a one 0 win, didn't I? I was just about to say because if you've watched the vlog back, uh, you'll have seen Chris and Paul uh, and Chris. You did actually predict a one 0 Yeah, and uh, since Bruno's come out and said after the match that he uh, he he said that the game plan worked one hundred percent. And we were all like thinking in the first half, you know, why aren't we going for it? Why are we sitting back? Why are we keep passing the ball backwards and sideways? And then, you know, he comes out with that to say that the game plan worked perfect. And it did, didn't it, really? We just absolutely ran the match from start to finish. Absolutely. And there were some very good performances. And I've got to mention our two fullbacks, Johnny and Marcel, you know, they didn't put a foot wrong all afternoon, and Marcel is becoming really dependable, isn't he? You know, he hasn't got. Yeah, I must admit, I was a bit, I was a little bit concerned at the start with eight Norian thingy, but like Marcel did a great game. To be fair, yeah, I don't think you should be concerned about Marcel. I know he doesn't give us that attacking thrust like eight Nori does, but he's solid. He, you know, nobody takes him on, do they? Nobody beats him. And he's so good with the ball as well. You know, he's confident on the ball. He had a, I mean, he did play in a, in a Champions League semi-final. So, you know, he can't yeah. be that bad, can he? Well, absolutely. And and Johnny, who's played, what, eight, nine games now in the last two years? He looks fantastic, doesn't he? You know, he's he's on it already. Patrick and Moran it, says, Chris, you, you know you Wolves. Very nice man. Very honest. <laughs> And I've got to mention Willie Bolly as well, Thursday night. You know, we haven't seen Willie Bolly this season in the Premier League, have we? No. And it was like watching the old Willie Bolly from three years ago, who was dominant in the air and getting in front of people and, and winning the ball. You know, and he, and he looked good with the ball as well when he got it, you know. And um, it's so great to have him coming back again. Yeah. He was a hero, wasn't he, three years ago? Oh, he was, and we love Bolly. Uh... Because like, he's um, he's he loves Bolly. I mean, he I, I saw him at the weekend with the fans coming out. He was beaming and smiling, you know. He looks fit, doesn't he? As well, you know, he looks really fit. He looks like he wants to play as well. He really wants to play at Wolves. So it, you know, I, does, I, I'm thrilled to bits with the squad. You know, we've got now, and even Pedro Neto was there on on Saturday, on Sunday and. He knew he couldn't play, but he was still there with the lads, wasn't he? You know, I don't know whether they asked him to come or whether they volunteered. Well, yeah, or what. he was limping a bit. I don't know what's got on there. He's uh, got a foot injury, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, is is it for his foot? Is it? Yeah, apparently, I don't know for definite, but that's somebody's told me that. I don't know where it's come from, but it's his foot. So yeah, we I, just get Wang and Neto back, and then they both get injured. At least it's not his knee. That's you know a big. Plus, isn't well, it really? Yeah, if it had been his knee, I'd have been. Uh... But can I say one thing as well about the the standard of refereeing in this country at the moment in the Premier League? Go for it, Chris. Why do do the um, the rules change at a certain point in a match? When you commit a yellow card offence after ten minutes, why can't they book the player? I mean, when Wang got that his third fell in the first ten minutes, which eventually finished his match. Van der Beek went right through the back of him. Now, every, it's, that's 65, 70 minutes. It's a yellow card. 
but yeah. they don't book them, do they? No. Why do the rules change? You know, after half an hour or forty-five minutes. I don't they know. It, it, there are some. They do seem to be like earlier in the game a bit lenient. I suppose they don't want to ruin the game. But if it's a foul, it's a foul, isn't it? Yeah. All I ask them to do is apply the rules of the game, and that's both teams. You know, I'm not looking for special. You know. Favours for the Wolves team. If they commit a yellow card offence, then book them. Yeah. But, you know, they're stopping us from playing. You know, Watford did it a couple of times the other night. We're away, we're pulling away, and they chop them down, and all it is is a yellow card. But they're not actually booking them either. I know. It's so, frustrating. Anyway, I've got all this stuff to get that off my chest. Because it's been no, no, this is what it's all about, Chris. We want to come on. We want to hear these opinions. People want to hear from you. You know, you've seen a lot of football over the years. You've seen... You know, Wolves, like a lot of us, go right back down. You've, you know, probably seen, you know, you, you know, probably you've probably seen. I mean, what, 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 what was your first match, Chris? Can you remember? Yeah, nineteen sixty-three, Everton at home. Oh, it was Everton at home in sixty-three. Yeah. I was about seven. I think we lost three-one at home. That's my recollection of it. I've never actually checked on it, but uh, I'm sure that's what it was. My dad took me. So you've seen some football over the years. Oh you? yeah, I mean. Uh, early 70s in the UEFA Cup and uh, League Cup final in 74. I mean, uh, and we, I think we finished third in 1973 in the old first division. You know, John Richards scoring 36 goals in a season. King John. You know, it, it, it was fantastic for me growing up, you know, at that time. And we got King Ruben now, haven't we? Well, yeah. I mean, 107 touches against Watford. I don't think, that's probably, I mean, I've, Love watching him every match he's played for us for what four and a half years, but I I think that was probably the best he's ever played. He, he looked like he was in absolute. He was imperious, wasn't he? When it, when he's yeah. on, see, I always think when Neves is at, is on it like he like he was there when he's absolutely on it. Walter, you know, we you're going to win the game because yeah. if, if he gets control of the midfield, you're done, you're done. And to be fair. And I'm, I hope I'm not tempting fate in here. He's managed to so far avoid that next yellow card because we do know if he gets another yellow card before the end of March, I think it is, he's got a, a two-game ban. And we've got Leeds on Friday. And then well, the game after that is, um, is Villa. So I really hope he doesn't pick up a booking on Friday night. Yeah, well, you know he's going he's going to now, isn't he? I'm afraid. Well, you know, because... I did, have, one... I did have my fingers crossed when I was saying it. So, you know. One thing about Ruben... He might be a fantastic ball player, but he gets stuck in as well. He does. He never backs out. I don't think I've ever seen that guy give less than 100% in any game he's played for Wolves. You know, I feel really privileged to have watched him play. And if he does leave in the summer and he, he looks to better himself, you know, he should be playing Champions League football every week. He should be playing in cup finals all the time. And I, I admire him for staying with us for four and a half years. And the last, I don't want him to leave. Obviously, it's, you know, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to for him to to watch him. But I wouldn't blame him if he did. Um, but please stay, Ruben. Yeah, I, I think he'd, he's a sort of player that would be really difficult, really difficult to replace, especially with Martinho uh, alongside him. We're not knowing if he's going to get an extension. Martinho can't mm. keep going forever. I mean, I know he, you know, he's, he still keeps himself super fit, but like. If you lost both of them out the midfield in one go, it would take the you know the pretty much the heartbeat out of the team. He can't afford it. But so, it would be impossible really to replace him at the same level, wouldn't it? No matter how much money he spent on anybody, 
I can't think of anybody else I'd rather have in my team playing in that position from any other team in the world. I really can't. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne couldn't play that position, could he? No. no. I've got a good, I've got a, you know, sort of feeling also a little bit of, you know, what I've been told that Wolves are going to go a little bit stronger in the summer window. Uh, yeah, Tim Spears said that last week, didn't he? Yeah, I, I, I think you'll see that Wolves will go a bit stronger in the window. I think they need to. I think you need to give... Bruno Large wants to play a a 4-2-3-1 as his plan A. And then you've got your 3-5-2 and your 3-4-3 as your plan B and C. His preferred um, line-up is 4-2-3-1 so that Wolves are more attacking um, and if you look at the, the players that we've got, they're kind of in the forward to middle areas, as we've got at the moment, kind of fall into being able to play that. It's the back line um, that is a little bit thing. And, and we need another Renato Sanchez type midfielder yeah. um, in the middle. And probably the jury's out, obviously, uh, you know, Trinko. I mean, he did all right when he came on, to be fair. Um, Trincao thingy, but we don't see enough end product from Trincao in terms of his 25 million. And I think the better options, Chiquino, I've been quite impressed with since he's come in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he looks good. He looks good, doesn't he? And when he nodded that ball back for Nevis the other day, how many people would have actually had the, you know, thought to actually do it like that? Then would have tried to go for goal perhaps and put it over the bar or made a mess of it. But he he weighed that up quickly in his mind, you know. And it was he, did, he did. And what did you uh, what did you take of the um, the Watford performance? And uh, you know, were you apprehensive going into that game? Yeah, I think so. You everybody is when you've lost three on the trot, especially with the way we played at West Ham. Yeah, uh, but I, I was really disappointed in Roy Hodgson, to be honest. I mean, surely he'd done his own work on the Wolves team and how we play, but mm-hmm. he didn't do anything to try and stop our fullbacks at all, did he? No. Whether they weren't carrying out his orders, you know, and if he'd have been, but to be honest, if he'd have watched the previous three games and our fullbacks, he probably wasn't worried about them. <laughs> yeah, true, good point. Yeah, I mean, because there was a completely different, uh, you know, Ait Nori was back in, and obviously Johnny was just was you know in, so he probably wasn't feeling the threat. And with Johnny and Ait Nori. Um, obviously, Tomatoes had a very good season. I thought Johnny uh, Johnny Otto has been so super solid since he's come back. Yeah, and I know, he's incredible. He, I love I mean, him. I mean, he's been playing left back for us for a few years, hasn't he? But he's always been a right back, and he plays right back for Spain when he's playing for him, hasn't he? So you know, I think it was just at the time we needed a left back, and Johnny filled in there and did such a good job for Nuno that he kept him there, didn't he? Absolutely. I thought Raul had a fantastic game on Thursday night. He looked hungry. It was a complete all-round striker performance. The composure for his goal as well was uh, was brilliant. He just literally passed it into the corner. It was a beautiful yeah. finish, composed strike. And he, he looked like the Raul of old on Thursday night. I mean, when you look at the Wolves team now and I think who we've got playing for us, you know, it's like I've actually died and gone to heaven, you know, with... Raul Jimenez and Martino and Neves in the middle of midfield. If you'd have said that to me five years ago, I would have, I would have laughed my head off. You know, it's, it's unbelievable the quality of the players we've got now. We are so far 
in front of West Bromwich Albion now. You know, I, I put the TV on tonight, the other night to watch them last week and the Championship is just nowhere near the Premier League, is it now? No. I have to think what, how they get on if they came up. Well, this is why they come up and they go back down again. I mean, Brentford look like they're, they're just about going to pull away. But I think there's some very poor teams in the Premier League this year. Um, and I did speak to a couple of Everton fans on the way out um, and a steward. They were saying they're too good to go down. They're not too good to go down, Everton. No. Uh, well, last time they did it on the last kick of the match, didn't they? And they, they survived by scoring in the 92nd minute against somebody. I forget who it was now, but... They got out of the jail. Yeah. It wouldn't but, do um, them any harm to go down. And they did Villa all right and, you know, go down for a few years, taste a bit of reality. Um, yeah, you know, it was good as well, didn't it? You know, put well, Vale away on a Saturday afternoon. All the way down to League One, just for the crack. <laughs> just so we can get some extra grounds in and stuff like that. You I'll know, tell you something, Dave. Um, I'd have put my house on uh, Southampton beating Watford on Sunday after watching them on Thursday night because they were the worst team I've seen this year. I know. It's funny old game football. Uh, I'd have lost a lot of money there because the, I didn't see that one coming at all. And Chaotic yeah. Ranger makes the point. It's in a strange way, and I think he's got a very good point. I've said that. Those two relegations actually... At the time, it was painful because obviously we went right through with the fiasco of sacking McCarthy, not replacing it, and we just fell through into League One. Then we got Jacket that basically got rid of all the, the bomb squad and got the youth in, and obviously we bounced straight back as many teams like Leeds are stuck down there. Look how long Sunderland's been stuck in League One, and you've got Charlton and Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday and Wigan, you know, all of those, Portsmouth, can't get out of League One. We bounced out quick and then we got our ship in order and we got back into the Championship, stabilised, financials within good house and it set us up uh, to, being, um, to being purchased and then obviously to where we are now. It's funny, at the time it was painful and it was hard, but in, in, in a roundabout way, it might have done us a favour in the long term. Well, we've got Sir Jack Ayle to be thankful for that, haven't we? He saved us from made us what we are today, really. You know, we could have been down there doing a Sunderland now, couldn't we, if it hadn't been for him, really? Well, yeah, I mean, the, 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 it's amazing a club the size of Sunderland and they're just struggling uh, to, well, to even make the playoffs again. And Portsmouth are about ninth in that division as well. Ipswich, who have apparently spent a bit of money, they are about 10th or 8th or something like that. It's crazy. It's, it's the graveyard of Premier League clubs, uh, League One is. Uh, Chris, to finish off with, let's uh, remind everyone your man of the match and your performance rate, unless you've changed it since the reaction. Well, I think I said on uh, Sunday it was seven and a half because of the first half performance. But since Bruno's come out and said that, that it was that was the game plan. And I've been thinking about it a bit more today. You know, I think it was it was almost perfect again, wasn't it? Like Watford was, you know, I, I'd definitely make it eight and a half, nine out of ten because... We just don't look in any trouble, do we? You know, it's um, if that is the game plan. I mean, we went to Man United and their game plan there was to attack them away. Oh, and we absolutely obliterated them in the first half. They weren't expecting that at all, were they? Bruno is a master tactician. And I think apart from that West Ham game, when there was a few bad performances by the players, which obviously you can't legislate for. 
You know, I mean, every Wolves player probably had five I out of ten. I think he made too many changes for the West Ham game. It was yeah. five. I think it was too many. Yeah. So. Uh, and we lost the wing backs as well, and that was a big. You know, I mean, we lost one nil. We didn't really start playing until the last 10, 15 minutes. We we came alive. I would, I would, I would. As that's what I say, I've not made many mistakes tactically, but I think the West Ham game was, and I think potentially uh, not putting Raul back into the side for yeah. Palace uh, was probably a mistake. But then you saw Raul how hungry he was, and you know, on Thursday night. But yeah, I think you make a good point. He's learning himself, though, as he goes along, and he's not perfect, is he? He's going to make mistakes. Of course he is. He's only, um, like, seven, eight months into the job, mate. We all learn. We're all learning our lives by our mistakes. That's what makes us better, doesn't it? And I'm sure he will, you know, if he has that chance again, he wouldn't make the same mistake. Absolutely, so, mate. Ruben Nevers, man of the match again for the second week running, absolutely 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I think Ruben Nevers, you can't... And what about your overall performance uh, rating for um, both games? Uh, nine out of ten. I've re really enjoyed watching every minute of it. Nine out of ten. But can I say, um, I think Daniel Pedence has changed the Wolves team over the last three months. Since he came in, we look like a threat now when we get attacking. He's got that pass, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I think he did go down a little bit. There's a few people making comments about how easy he falls over, though. I think he was, but maybe that was a tactic. I don't know. Um, sometimes, what was what was it that um, someone said that we're too nice sometimes, and we got to be uh, a little bit savvy and a little bit mean, um, you know? And you got to play the game. You in uh, you, sometimes you have to play a little dirty, don't you? He's the master of finding space on a football pitch, isn't he? You Whenever he gets the ball, there's nobody within 10 yards of him. He's clever. He's a clever player. And so, I love him, I do. Sometimes he loses the ball because he tries. But at least he tries to take a player on. That's and what he's taking a risk, people. isn't he? Yeah. There's too many players, that you know, going back to um, Leander again, he's always making a safe pass, whereas Pedence probably makes, you know, two-thirds of his passes are risky passes. But when they come off, they're goals. You know, you know or... Creating good chances, so you got to have players like that in your team, haven't you? You can't absolutely. always keep making the safe pass. Well, you're absolutely I'm loving right. it. Can't wait for Friday night. Friday night under the lights. What are you thinking for Leeds then, Chris? Well, it's got to be another win, I think. Um, I think Leeds might score. They've got Banford back now, and they're usually pretty high-scoring matches against Leeds at Molly, aren't they? Yeah. But hopefully we'll score more, and I think we will. The last couple, the last couple of last year, we beat them 1-0, 1-0, didn't we? We were the only team to shut them out twice. Yeah, I remember Alan Smith scoring his own net when we beat them. Was it 4-3? Yeah. It could be a few goals, but hopefully, uh, you know, if we're starting to find our shooting boots, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll. Interesting uh, stat as well. Apparently, uh, Wolves have equaled the record in the Premier League of not conceding an away game goal in the first half of a match. If we manage to do a shutout in the first half of the next away match, then apparently that's a new Premier League record. Well, let's put the kiss of death on that then, isn't it? Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thanks ever so much, Chris. Yeah, thanks. Dave, it's always a pleasure, mate. Thanks ever so much. It's great to see you the weekend. And you, mate. And thanks for coming on the reaction. Yeah, after the pleasure. Match. All the best. See you later, pal. Cheerio. Cheers.
So that's uh, that's Chris again. Um, top fella, really top lad. Uh, Mad Wolves fan, been watching Wolves since 1963. We do have Sam uh, that's sitting. You, when I when I tell you this, he's literally we're going to be live from the roof of Molyneux. Um, we get cameras everywhere. Who's coming on last? But next up, we have Josh. Hi, Josh. Where are Dave? Fantastic. And you went uh, at the weekend. I did indeed. I did indeed. Well, just before we get on, I, I know some of you have been waiting patiently, um, but we do have the latest competition from Football Prizes, uh, and it is to win this prize. It is a Jose Saar signed and framed goalkeeper's glove. Apparently, there are only 65 tickets available. So you've got a one in 65 chance if all the tickets are sold. You got till Wednesday night at 7:30. It's signed, framed, authenticated, and delivered for the 395. And I know there's already 36 tickets that have already been bought for that draw. And um, the link is in the description below. So if you want to get yourself into the uh, the chance, currently one in 36 chance of, of winning that signed, framed, authenticated and obviously delivered to your home glove, just get in on the link below for uh, football prizes. Nice prize that, I think. It is, yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> it is so uh, who, who do you go with at the weekend? Um, went with my friend. Um, so both my dad and my brother were meant to go. Um, then my brother said to me, "Daddy, he can he could go because my dad wanted to wanted to go to an away game." Yeah. And then once you within two hours of us buying the tickets, he got moved to the Sunday. Well, my brother was doing Shrewsbury ten k, and my dad was doing parade at Brigade on the Sunday. Oh uh, right. Uh, Never stopped. Uh, That's the your dad's been trying to get away from that for how many years? But he's still. Yeah. He keeps going. getting back in, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> How's it going? It's going all right. Um, the start of the show. Um, so the band started. They started getting back up now. So my brother helps out with them quite a lot now with the percussion. Yeah. And then uh, after my dad being the captain of the brigade, we started that back up fully. We COVID back end of last, well, middle of last year. One of the strongest, uh, by the looks of things, number wise, of one of the strongest um, companies going in the Wolverhampton Shropshire district at the moment. I oh, mate, yeah. I just remember back in the day with, uh, I remember when Chesley and I had about six football teams, remember, remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was with Dark House and yeah. uh, all good, all good fun, good memories as well, mate, that, that is. So talk me, talk, talk me through um, the last, um, the last three or four days then from the Watford to Everton. Um, Watford, I was going into that game wondering how was this after the after the three previous games before where we looked a bit shaky in defence and knowing that although Watford had been losing, they'd been scoring as well. And like Jack had said, they've got those players like Dennis and um Sissoko coming from midfield who are pacey players. Yeah. Um and I got into the game and thought this is this could be quite tight. And then to be two, three in the look in 20 minutes is just unbelievable. I was, I was like, I just I, I just found the whole Watford night the most enjoyable, less de-stressing game. Yeah. And it was a mutual joy because it was the joy of 
winning and being 3 0 up after 21 minutes and being in total control and not stressing about, you know, a last minute equaliser and all of that stuff. But also the comedy factor with them, yeah. with, I'm sorry, with, <laughs> uh, with Ben Foster and the wind and the way. I mean, when he went over to warm up for the South Bank in the second half. Yeah. Oh, he tried, it, to, he tried to, he did try to applaud the South Bank as he came over, but no one was having to it. Be, to be fair, to him, he's a character. And yeah. I, I would, I would love, I would love Ben Foster to come on here at some point yeah. and just talk, you know, and you know because he, he, he is a character. Yeah. Um, but he, he obviously has put the stuff out. He played for Albin in that was it the yeah. five one. Um, he tweeted about us when Watford beat us and he's laid in a little bit and obviously had the bit of the of the goal winning because of the wind. So yeah. you know, never, that's the one I'll never forget. I just remember coming back on the train from Watford that day and um hearing all the Watford fans saying, Oh, it's all right, we're in the FA Cup final, we'll get a Europe, they won't and then Foster comes out and he's into you after and says about the wind and I've never ever forgot it. And well, like you were doing on your video. Explain to everyone that didn't know that exactly what the the, the background, the backdrop to that, and and everything. Who was it? I think it was Jimenez that put the ball in, wasn't it? Jimenez put the ball in basically on the um, on the side of the pitch, and yeah. it, it wasn't that in, the, in the semi final. Oh no, I was on about the um, the, the game after. <laughs> yeah, but after that's after it was. Um, what did he come out and say? Um, Foster, yeah, he came out and said the 5 1, and then obviously all the Watford fans on the way out from Watford were all saying it. Um, about they getting the FA Cup final, me and River walking back to the train station. Is this after the Watford game after we beat them a couple yeah, of weeks yeah, back? Yeah. And then um, I just remember looking because there were still seven points adrift of us at the time, so they weren't chasing us. Yeah. And I said to my brother, I don't know what they're on about. They're playing Man City, they're going to get stuffed. Yeah. And rightly so, they did. <laughs> 6-0, and to be honest, Watford never won another Premier League game for the rest of the season. Then they no. went down, and um, we got the seventh place. They got absolutely spanked 6-0, embarrassingly by, by Manchester City, and we got into Europe. Yeah, It's just sometimes, you know, you have to be careful what you're saying. Wolves fans have got very long memories. They don't forget these things. And so, yeah. you know, what, if he's going to come out and say these things... You know, back it up, and then he's going to turn up at Molyneux. Yeah, we are going to have fun rubbing it in when he he basically, it, of all the places to make that mistake, yeah, what he did, oh. Molyneux is not the place, and he had a yeah. nightmare, didn't he? I think what didn't help, and I don't know if it was playing in the back of his mind, he did that interview, he did the podcast he did on, um. I can't remember his YouTube on it was, but I know Tubes from Soccer M was on there with him. Yeah. And he was saying, they said, like, where's the worst place that you find as a goalkeeper to go and play? And he said about the Molyneux and the fans being on the back, banging on his back especially. And like he was saying, um, I don't mind them, but it's obviously because of what I've done in the past. They absolutely hate me. And um, do you know what? I don't. I don't hate Ben Foster. No, I don't. To be fair, I don't. I, don't, I actually quite, quite in a way, kind of like him because yeah. he is a character. Yeah, I, I never used to like come him. on here at the start of the year before the Watford go, and I never even realised it was in. I thought it was someone pretending to be yeah. Ben Foster. People said it was him, and he he did call me delusional because I said, <laughs> you know, I think Wolves can make top eight. Why not top six? And I was yeah. he said I was delusional at the time. 
And I haven't forgot, as Barry says, we're like elephants. We don't forget. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I, yeah, I don't. I don't hate the guy. I think he's quite entertaining. Yeah. You, you, you know, and uh, I'm sure if you sat down with him and had a, a drink with yeah. him and stuff like that, he'd be he'd be great. But football is about banter sometimes, yeah. isn't it? You know, yeah. it's about banter. And, and yeah. I've always said, banter is good. Having a laugh is good. That's what you love about the football. Sometimes, yeah. you know, when uh, you have the banter going between the uh, the two away fans. Yeah. What I don't like is when it gets malicious, yeah, and toxic and nasty. Yeah. That's where you draw the line, and I don't you care whether it's um, what club you're from or who you support. Being malicious to anyone or nasty or horrible yeah. or is is you, you you take it too far, but. With a with a tongue in cheek, with a bit of thingy talking about the wind and having all of that, and them cheering him, you know, yeah. Look back on it, and it, it, it's good. It's it's fun, and that he was took it well. To be fair him. to him, he could have reacted, and he didn't. To be fair to him, he just kept his head down and and just cracked on with it. But you could tell it was it was playing on him. And like I was saying, I've got, I've, I have got a newfound respect for him. To be fair, really, because I have a lockdown watching his YouTube channel with his cycling and his podcasts, and he's he, um. The physio my brother had when he dislocated his shoulder he used to be the physio at the Albion, Stuart. And he, he's told the stories about Foster with his, with his knees and his training and stuff and what he's like as a bloke. And he does seem a nice bloke, to be fair, Ben does, from what we've been told. And to what, be what fair, mate, I wish I had as many subscribers as him. I mean, I'm like oh. 28 and a half and I think he's got one million. Yeah. I know he's a footballer and, so, and I know someone said about his videos are so well produced that I would imagine that he's got a team that helps yeah. him that does that yeah. for him. I do have to do everything myself. I like a video it, edit it. Uh, I do have a bit of help from the producer. I do the thumbnails. You know, there's so much time that goes into it. And obviously I've got a full-time job as well, but I can't afford yeah. to have a, a production team. But he, he, he has got, a, he's got a, a mil, I think it's a million subscribers on his channel, so fair play to him. I did tongue-in-cheek after the reaction, after the after the, uh, the Watford game, say, well done on your YouTube channel. But uh, I have tagged him a couple of times, but he hasn't come back. But no, Ben Foster, if you are watching, um, someone tell Ben that we, we, we don't hate him, or at least we don't. I mean, there might be some Wolves fans that maybe do, but we don't. don't and he's more than welcome to come on here at any point in the future and uh, have a natter. That would be great. I'm sure because we've got a great community, we'd all have a bit of a, a laugh with him anyway. Fantastic. Uh, so moving on to uh, Everton, mate. Um, I say another one. That was another one where I thought, what's going to happen here? Because they've been stuffed 5-0. We've won 4-0. I'm thinking this has got nil-nil written all over it. It's the Wolves' way um, going into games like this. And watching Everton play first half, and like um, Chris has said and Paul said on the um, post-match video as well, and Jack has said it, we can thought it was stop-start, stop-start. And I thought it was them at first. But when you look back at that first 15 minutes with what Quang was doing with his injury, I think it was mainly us stop-starting it, breaking the play up frustrating the fans as well because once we started frustrating the fans they got on the back big time and then second half we just got forward another 10 yards at the pitch and they the mistakes they were making everything was around the edge of their box yeah I mean Everton started really really you know with that energy and that fight obviously they needed the points and you know we 
we did look a little bit slow starting, mm. but we broke the play up. And then, like I say, after about 25 minutes, we started to take control. Yeah. And really, once Wolves go 1-0 up against any team, yeah. um, we're, we're, I mean, it's only that Arsenal game. Arsenal, and yeah. it was only in the last kick of the match. Well, it was the last it was yeah. a bit of bad luck that uh, we lost all three points. Other than that, it's been 2018 since we'd taken the lead yeah. and not in the game. But uh, when the red card, the second yellow goes in for the red yeah. card as well, and they're down to 10 men, you're just thinking the only chance they're going to get is a set piece. Guess yeah. what? Third minute of injury time, they've got a set piece, and I'm going, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. The game, This is the game right here. And, of course, he hits it, and it's about it's about two foot wide, isn't it? I think Jose yeah. would probably oh, say. Especially anyway. with Tones and the, way, the way he can hit a ball sometimes. Oh, he can. We've seen it against Manchester City. That's their one chance in a set piece. Mm. It was a good range as well, um, but he was uh, he was off target. And uh, yeah, off. <laughs> there was a big part of me that was just waiting for. Yeah, Back you know what I mean, don't you? Yeah, the Wolves but, way. <laughs> you think Everton will stay up? I don't know. I was on about this to my brother because, like, when I got back, I was talking to him about it, and I looked at Watford. And I thought they had a few more clear-cut chances against us. I mean, Josh King should have buried that one chance. Any other player in the league, he would have would have scored. But I was watching the way Everton played, and they looked they looked like a team fighting relegation. Whereas Watford, to me, in a way, they didn't. Everton looked more of a team that are going to struggle, and they can keep going on about having all these games in hands that they've got. But like um, my dad always says, like Mick McCarthy used to say, you can have games in hand, but it's the points that matter. Exactly. And to be honest, I think it's, it's, I don't know if someone tell me if they've taken only nine points out the last twenty games. Yeah. And if they maybe, maybe six, I think. Yeah, and they only I think it's nine. Um, I think I heard that, but and they had a really strong start to the season. Yeah, they did. Yeah, because if they come to if they, they come to us in a bit of form, didn't they? And yeah, we kept finding that pocket between the defence and midfield, and we we smashed them. We did, and to be fair. They've only won one away game all season. Um, and, I mean, Wolves, we've got to say, Wolves, it's a record eight away wins in the Premier League. It's crazy. Yeah. And more than at home. But, like, if Everton hadn't have had that really good start, like we had the bad start, even though we played really, really well, just think where they'd be now. Yeah. If they hadn't have got done... They'd, they'd really, really be in it. Yes, mm. they've got three games in hand on Watford. They've only got one game in hand on Burnley. You know, Leeds won at the weekend. Yeah. You know, they pull it away. That they're in the thick of it. I mean, yeah, they are. They it's it's when you're on that sort of run, you you, you it's I mean, Newcastle have got themselves oh, out of Yeah, they're clear now, aren't they? Brentford have won two games in a row, yeah. you know, and have like pulled away. Leeds got that win. Yeah. And let's face it. Norwich equalised on the 91st minute and Leeds managed to win the game. I think Norwich are gone. I think they're yeah, gone. Yeah, Nor- Norwich are done, yeah. I think Norwich are gone. I would have said Watford, like what Chris said, but then they're going to beat... Um, still, yeah. They beat uh, Southampton. Now, South- Southampton are a team that goes in streaks. They go yeah. on a winning streak and then a, a kind of a, like a losing streak, a bit like Brighton, to be honest. Brighton have lost five in a row. Can yeah, you believe have, it? Yeah. It's mad. Um, and then I don't know, man. I, I just I, I don't know. 
I think the only, I, I think they might just survive just because yeah. there's three teams below them. I think a, a lot depends on what Burnley do. Burnley, yeah. And we've I got think they creep out, but I, I, I can't bear to see, sorry if there's any Burnley fans watching, but I can't bear to see Burnley in the Premier League for another season. <laughs> their football is dire. They're a ter- terrible team to watch, although they always seem to do the job against us. Carl's got an interesting stat here. Everton have most of their games left with teams in the top half and only two in the bottom half. Yeah. Interesting. They've got, they've, they've got the worst running in the league, I think. They've hey, Carl, do us, a fa- do us a favour, mate, just whilst we're on the relegation battle, because we will come back onto Wolves in a second. Um, look at the bottom six for us, Carl, and put a list of the fixtures up for the, the last match of the season. Um, Leeds have got Brentford, I think. Yeah, that's good. Carl will go and do that for us because he's a good lad like that. He'll post it up. Mate, uh, Everton, Connor Cody, talk me through that goal. That is the best header I've seen him do at the club. When when you saw the player jump, because where from where we, you couldn't really see a jump because the massive players. Yeah. And when he's come running over to you, I'm thinking, that was Cody. Yeah, whereabouts in the uh, in the stand were you? Because we I were, was, like, um, you know, where they walked out onto the concourse and you had the wall. Yeah, behind you, I was on the front row of seats there. Oh, you weren't far from us then. No, but we had the, we were in the like second half of the bottom tier, but right on the front of that wall. Oh, so we fantastic. had a decent. We had a post either side of us, so we could see the pitch perfectly. Oh, that's you had a good view then, then Pat. Fanta. Yeah, I mean, Ruben Neves. You know, he takes one touch. He takes another touch. Takes he whips across that cross. Absolutely beautiful. And Cody's glanced it. Yeah. What a finish that is. The keeper, I mean, Pickford hasn't even smelt it. It's passed him and into the back of the net before he can blink. It was an absolute pearl of an header. Absolutely brilliant. It, it was. And the, and, and the way he celebrated, because we all know that he's a scouser. Um, he's play, obviously come through Liverpool. So he's going to have a... He's always going to have that uh, attachment to Liverpool because he was there a long, long yeah. time. Of and we know he's a wolf now, but scoring that goal for Wolves yeah. against Everton to win the game, do they come much better than that for Conor Cody? No. You just saw by his face as he was running past their fans, you could see him sarcastically going. <laughs> they all, they all, when, every time we've been up, they always give him a bit of jip. They do, yeah. He, and, was, uh, he, he would have loved it, absolutely loved it. Oh, and it's his third goal of the season, yeah, Cody, yeah. as well. After not scoring for eight. Remember that one season where they let him take a penalty? Was it Was it the championship Bolton, season? Bolton, yeah, Bolton away. And they let him take the penalty. <laughs> uh, that, so he, and he scored. He put it away as well, didn't he? Yeah. He put yeah, it away. It. Oh, man. Absolutely fantastic. So finally, mate, your uh, performance rating and your nomination for the uh, from the pundits for Man of the Match. So, my performance rating, I'm going to go, after watching it back, I am going to go an eight. And, an eight, uh, yeah. I said a seven yesterday when I first come out, and then after watching the highlights and listening to all the interviews, I'm going to bang, bang it up to an eight. Yeah. And then uh, my man of the match, I'm going to go slightly different, I am. Go on, go on. Um, Neves, for me now, and I said it the week, you expect it from him, the way he's playing at the moment, you expect him to play as God standard, as I'm now saying, week in, week out. And then for me, it's got to be Johnny. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Some Johnny. of the challenges he made down that right-hand side and getting the ball forward. Producer will be very happy with that because she's a big fan of Johnny. I think uh, he played really well. very highly. 
<laughs> Mate, I've got so your nominations, Johnny. Yeah. We've got Carl's gone and done what he does because he's our resident staff poet yeah, and he's yeah. a member. And don't forget, guys, um, help the channel become a member. There's various options and I really appreciate that. And we have a Discord group and loads of other things that we talk in between games as well. Really good community uh, off uh, the channel as well. So Carl said the uh, we've got Brentford v Leeds. Uh, uh, you know, could be key key mm. game. We've got Arsenal. Everton have got to go to Arsenal last match of the season. That's not going to be easy, especially if Arsenal need to get something to secure fourth place. Watford have got Chelsea, so they can forget them unless Chelsea have fallen apart and got out of business by then. Mm. Burnley versus Newcastle. I'd give them a chance on that because Newcastle should yeah. be home and dry and probably on the beach yeah. by then. And then Norwich again to Tottenham. I think there's some interesting... Uh, End of the season mm. uh, games there. I think the Burnley one and the Everton one could be re the Arsenal Everton and the Burnley Newcastle. That could be the decider, couldn't it? Yeah. Watford away at Chelsea wouldn't give them much on that, yeah. but again, Chelsea could be on the beach, or they might not even be. They might not even be able to go to the beach. Which beach they might be? Might go be on Western Supermare Beach rather than Marbella oh. Beach. Things are changing, mate. Absolutely brilliant as always. Um, feel free to come on Saturday night if you're. Uh, yeah, you Just drop us a message as always. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Always, Wolves pal. Cheers. Nice one. So that's uh, good old Joss. Um, always talks really well. And I did, I did promise you a treat because we have. Um, hold on. Yes, is the camera ready? Have we got? Uh, is the drone working? Yeah, the drone, it's working fine. So we've got a drone cam, and we've got. Uh, we're going to go live now to Molyneux to see. Yeah, you're right, Sam. Yeah, fine. He's ready. The drone's ready. The lighting's on. Let's go straight to the roof of Molyneux. Here he is. As they all say, live from Molyneux, <laughs> off West Brom. <laughs> I'm loving it, Couldn't mate. How did, you manage, how did you manage to get up there, mate? Uh, it is a drone photograph that was done for me. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, so I've stole it and thought we'll use it here tonight. Oh, yes. mate. Absolutely. What can we say? Sitting on top of the world after Sunday. Absolutely, mate. And uh, it is good. I've, uh, thanks for being so patient uh, to come on. Oh, you're all right. Uh, RM is uh, is uh, is sending the haha. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> we like to have a bit of humour on the channel. That's what it's all about and stuff like I'll, that. So I'll find you a good one for uh, for Saturday night. I I've got a cracking picture of Cody right in front of me celebrating his goal. He oh, was. Mate. I I was right in front of where he came over. Well, I, I saw you just before we went in, and then yes, I didn't you did. see you after. No, I was I was right down at the front. Um, by the, the, the gangway, and I say that they came over. And yeah, you, what could you say to the lad? That cross that came over, what can you say? That was just one touch, second touch, over it was. Cody, it was in the net. What can oh, we say? Absolutely. Jim and Jim where are you watching Cody? I know, mate. Danny P said, Dave and Sam, you, you're ready to come visit us in the year. John Bursey says that Wolves are coming over in the summer. Well, I can say that I have heard that Wolves will be doing a, a summer tour in the States. Um, and it's hopeful. They are hopeful. They were, they've been looking at it for a little while, obviously, with COVID. And there could be a couple of friendly matches 
um, over in America in the summer. Um, nothing confirmed yet, but it's something that I have heard on whispers. So uh, that could be true, but uh, we'll... Uh, I got, I'll, just, I'll just ring David Beckham for you and I'll see if there's anything in it for you. Yeah, no, tell it. I'll happily go over to, uh, if you don't mind paying for the flight to the Inter Miami, I'll go and vlog the game for him, you know, give him a bit yeah, of exposure. Nice. Be nice. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. I mean, it'd be lovely. I mean, the idea. I mean, I think the ideal fixture for Wolves would be uh, Wolves playing Club America in Miami. Oh, uh, nice. But it's uh, it's going to be. Uh, I think it's they like. I think that's the preferred game. Whether that would happen, whether they can pull that off, it might be someone else. But uh, Wolves, you know, Jimenez, Wolves versus Club America in somewhere like Miami. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Be great, nice trip over there. That'll just uh, make the summer livable, wouldn't it? When we come back to the uh, the dreariness of uh, the UK weather, I know it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Uh, Carl, no, it's not Colorado Rapids. I think it'd be, yeah, uh, they're going to play someone over there, it'll be someone bigger than Colorado Rapids. Um, yeah. Mr. Bryce, yeah, no, Club America in Houston, they sell out, yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine? And that would be class, anyway. Talk me through the last uh, few days, mate. I mean, oh. down down before Watford, and now we've got Smalls back on our faces. Five goals, yeah. nothing conceded. Seventh place, looking back at Europe again. It was yeah. slipping away. Just when it's slipping away, they pull us back they, in. They, they, they grabbed it and snatched it back. I mean, I, I did say at the beginning of the season, I was hoping for us to get to that top four, and but I thought fifth was probably where we might be at. It's still possible. So, but Watford, the only thing I'll say about the Watford game is I got Jose Sars gloves. Oh, did so, you? Yes, we got his gloves. How that did was, you that was that? nice. Um, I asked uh, before the game when I saw them getting off the bus, and yeah. then uh, my, my ex's little lad took a lovely little sign with him. And lo and behold, as he came over for the, uh, the half, he uh, gave us a little wave. And he, he did a bit of this and said that. And at the end of the game, he came over and there they were. I thought, yep, I'll give you that. So, oh, right. are they the ones with the, uh, the little... Yeah, uh, and his name, people. little bobbles, like have finger got, bits, they've got, got his name. Have you got they haven't. They're, they've gone away to be framed. So I don't blame you. I don't blame they're going to be framed. Got a couple of photographs, so they'll go with it. And... Uh, yeah, it made it made it go with the memorabilia we've got. So that's really good. That signed at some point, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm going to pop down to the training ground. So I'll just. Does they, they do that if you pop down to the training ground? So um, as long as you go in before half past nine in the morning when they close the gates, um, I think Thursdays is normally the right day to go in. So how I've done it in the work? past. How does that work then, Sam? I'd probably have to ring Alison and ask if I could go in. Um, normally, Who's Alison? She works on reception down there. So. Oh, right. uh, it's hard because they tend to close the gates and everybody. Um, but I know in the past with my sort of ties I had, I, I, I used to be able to get in all right. So I'll see if I can do it again. If if not, I'll pass them over to the club doctor who lives in Pattingham and say, can you take them in for me? Yeah, <laughs> I'll, get them done, I'll get them done one way or the other. Uh, so. good, I'll remember that. When I need to get something signed, Sam, I'll be tapping you up and saying, Sam. Yeah, you know, yeah that's all right. Amazing. That would be. We have, I we have that Ryan Bennett got in touch with me on Instagram, and because uh, uh, my dad was obviously a big fan, and he he uh, he signed his shirt. Because um, yeah. one of the uh, the tunnel stewards said when Ryan was dropped from the team, he said, "Well, don't get worried because Magic Moss is your biggest fan." 
uh, obviously. Uh, and he and he got in touch with us on Instagram. He said, "I want to send you a, a shirt for your dad." And it's uh, fr- we got it framed, and he he loved yeah. it. Um, but um, his new favourite player is uh, Daniel P- Bonanza. Pedence, because my Pedence. dad calls him, my dad calls him Bonanza. Bonanza, yeah, yeah, he does. As everyone on the channel will know, um, it it is so absolutely fantastic, mate. I mean, uh, I mean, it's joyous, really. I mean, you know, seventh. I know Tottenham have got games in hand. Arsenal are like almost shooting yeah. fourth at the moment. Yeah. West Ham. It's, I was listening to this. I was like listening to talk sports, and then they were going on about West Ham can still get fourth. And they're talking about, and they did. They just don't mention wolves. No, they, we don't seem to be getting a mention on anything, do we? Or if we do, it's such a little bit. I mean, you only got to look at match of the day. It's all the other teams, and then you get a little bit mentioned about us. If uh, if our friend Dion Dublin's on, we get a little bit more mentioned, but it's very little, and it's wrong. Um, I just want to go back to something Chris has said before we sort of say any more yeah. about the Watford game. Um, referees. Okay, Chris, my thoughts on referees are we should not have English, Scottish, Welsh or Irish referees in the UK in the Premier League. We should have foreign referees. Okay, I think it would take any ambiguity away from anything that's done at games. And I think you'd then start seeing cards issued all the way through the games. However, I did have one bit of information. I've said it probably before on the channel. Um, An ex-referee who finished his career in 2012 did mention about what refs are sometimes told to do and not to do in matches. And that goes to how many cards to issue, at what points in the game they can issue, if penalties should be given and what teams they should be given to. So the intimation was there was some corruption in refereeing. Well, you make your own mind up, but I don't think VAR is helping it. Well, yeah, I mean, there is a there is a train of thought. Um, I mean, obviously, there, there is one train. I, I, I'm not sure if I, I, I'm, I'm quite on board with um, no UK-based referees because it is a UK game. But I do think that if you can have players from all over the world playing in a team, then surely referees, if they're qualified, should also be able to referee... Uh, a Premier League game, regardless of their nationality. The, 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 only, that... God, the only reason why I say it is we have got referees that we come out, Villa, refer- Villa fans, Man City fans, and they seem to crop up at games that their rival team in that city are playing us. Yeah. And you know what? It shouldn't be done. Um, the, ref- the, the Referee Association and the FA do say that referees aren't supposed to referee within so many miles of their their hometown and their home teams, but it doesn't seem to happen. We seem to get the likes of Moss, Atwell, etc. I know, mate. I'll tell you what, I also think, I'm not necessarily thinking that referees that are refereeing the game should necessarily be on sitting in their shorts refereeing on VAR. It's like, I mean, if you've got some really good um, refs that have refed in the past, they might not be as fit as they used to be, but they can sit down. They certainly do that, and um, and be able to give an objective opinion on a bit. Why have we not got more ex-referees or players or that have qualified to be able to be in the VAR room? You know, it, why does it have to be a yeah. referee that referee? Because 
just because they're not fit enough to do the uh, the full 90 minutes running up and down the pitch and doing all that sort of jazz, they're still fit enough to sit in a chair. You know, me and you... We, we can sit in chairs. Fit yeah. enough to sit in a chair and look at a screen. We do it on match of the day and live and, and the live TV all the time, mate. Yeah. Being able to go look at something and go, how oh, they're not seeing that. But it yeah. seems like I, I, that, that to me, I don't see why that can't be done because it opens up more of a yeah. pool uh, rather than the current pool that you've got, which is like you're saying, Mariner making a judgment on that um, penalty decision against uh, Matinho, looking at it and not overruling it when yeah. it wasn't it was everyone clear. else. Yeah, it clearly else. was. I yeah. mean, it's got to be clear and obvious. I yeah. get if it's not a clear and obvious mistake, but if it is clear and obvious and everyone else can see it's clearly obvious, then why are they not? Then you just. Why are they not to... telling them to go over and look at the screen? Yeah, yeah. Then, but it's then kind of like, oh, I'm a Villa fan. Maybe that that does come into play a little bit, yeah. because it, it, in the back of his mind, I, that's, where I, people, that's where people question, isn't it? It's yeah, where you go, it. I, I. You know this is I mean? why my my train of thought was. I mean, I might even say, why aren't we seeing women referees? In the men's game, because the last the last woman I saw referee a men's game, she was cracking. She did a really good job. I think she made one mistake the whole game. What else can you say? Well, so, to be honest, you know, I mean, I'm a big advocate of um, females in the in the in the game. Obviously, you, you know, we all um, love that Wolves women are doing. You know, I'm. You know, we, it doesn't mean to say that you're you're really into the women's game or anything like that. Because obviously, you know, the Wolves men seem as a thing, but it's good to see the women's game growing. It's good to see women involved in football. Um, you know, you've seen women linesmen. I think there was a women woman ref abroad that refed a, a top flight team. I can't mm. remember a top flight game in one of the... Uh, in so the Spanish of the, league or something. Spanish yeah. league. You know, you, you see females, uh, trainers and, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What about it? Emma, Emma's just saying there was a woman that ran the line. It was rubbish. We, we did. <laughs> we did have one that was on the steeple. You can have good or bad refs and yeah. lines. You can, yeah. male or female. My, my argument is though as well. Some of these referees are not keeping up with the play. Or yeah. Moss is a prime example. He gets in the way of play, and the same with the linesman. They're not keeping up with the play. And God knows what they're doing with this offside rule at the moment. I'm sorry. If a player's offside, get that flag up. Saar got taken down twice. And I don't know how he didn't get injured. Um, we need to get back to the original rule. If a player's offside, put the flag up straight away. Stop the game. Yeah, I mean, they do let it run on, don't they? I mean, yep. and uh, that was uh, there was another incident with regards to that. With um, Was it the Leeds' first goal? Banford was offside. They, uh, and yeah. they, were, they were talking about that they, if the flag had gone up, um, it would have been stopped there before the goal. Yeah, before um, the goal. And the the the, uh, the the defender headed it and he wouldn't have headed it because he was was he interfering with play or not? Would the uh, the defender of it? I mean, that's the thing with football, isn't it? Where do you draw the line on it? I don't think you'll ever agree. I think it has got better this year. Um, the use of VAR. 
it hasn't improved. It's improved. It worse, yeah, they, they have started to go over to the monitor a little bit more. And now we've actually got our monitor out of the tunnel and onto the side of the pitch. We do see them every now and again going over to them. Um, but yeah, well, there's a couple of comments there about the first referee was uh, an FA Cup third round game this year. Just yeah. seen that come through. So yeah. it's interesting. But you were saying as well, I'm just going back to the Watford game about Foster and the South Bank giving them grief. Well, obviously Foster first half was up at the North Bank. I'm yeah. NL for the front row. And I must say, he came out clapping and waving to all the Wolves fans. As he got over to us, he certainly didn't get any clapping and waving for us. He did no. get away, but it wasn't what I can do on the channel. Um, no, we, we, and, kept singing, we kept singing about the wind. Is it windy, man? We did. Yeah. And, and then when the, that defender turned the ball into the net, we said, was that the wind to him again? And he, he obviously was getting a bit rattled. So and he got the third, bank, yeah. with the third with the third goal. It was, mate, it was just priceless. I mean, yeah. You know, God bless him. God bless his little socks. I think his little bit where he was away from his line and that little chip over, that that was uh, very uh, clever as well. And obviously the wind carried that for him. The dance was quick, quick, controlled it, chipped it, back of the net. Back of the net. Delirium, 21 minutes in. It was, uh, And then uh, that obviously the Neves goal at the end was sublime. At the Neves playbook, he's had two magnificent games. Yeah, he's coming. I mean, you say four and a half years with us. He obviously uh, helped us get out of the the championship, along with a few of the other players that we've got. And uh, he's continuing. Uh, He does now own his property in Wolverhampton, by the way, so that tells you a lot. Um, How does he? Yeah, so does Jimenez. So they are obviously wanting to stay in the area. So there's a few players bought properties. He's. I mean, I've been saw from his interview with uh, with. uh, Ruben, just how much Wolves has become close to his heart. Yeah. I mean, he is a Porto lad. You know, obviously, you know, he, Porto is very special to him. It's his home, you know, where he's come from. But Wolves is really taken to it. And you can just see the bond, especially that he's got with the likes of Cody and the rest of the team and the dressing room and stuff. Yeah. It would be a big wrench, I think, for him to leave Wolves because he truly it, does it, love the club. It would be. I mean, the, the big thing people are saying now, do you replace a player of that quality? Yes, at some point, if we don't get this uh, European football, whether that's in the Europa League or the Conference League this season or whether next season we manage to get into that top four because we spend in the summer, which is a big axe at the moment with Fosen saying that they, uh, they've got limits on everything. But they have got limits on their weekly wages, although Rui Patricio, when he was here, exceeded the limit on the wages. What so, was Patricio on? A lot more money than anybody else here at the moment, double the money that anybody else was on. Um, well, I know that Matinho is on about 100k a week, isn't he? Yeah, you can double that. But Rui was on 200k a week? Yeah, before he left. That Jeez. was part of the, the way we managed to get him here. So... What well, then we say? didn't have to pay a fee, though, did we? No, well, we did in the end. We did well, we did in the end, end but we, that was offset. But yes, he was the, he was the most highly paid player that we've got. So and look at Jose Sar, man, far better, far better keeper. Comes off his line, goes out to balls, goes in at the feet of players. Patricio would have still been on his line. Oh so. yeah, I think I think that's one of the things they do get. They have had criticism walls with some of their transfer dealings and not spending enough money. But when you look, Jose Sarr coming in for six million or something, was it, yeah. from Olympiacos? Yeah. Daniel Pedence, we got from Olympiacos. Neto, 
You know, you look at him, Ruben Neves, Martinho, obviously five million still going. You look at, you just, you just, Chiquito is coming as well. He looks like yeah. he's going to be. Uh, I think the transfers we've done, though, we haven't spent mega money on the players, but we've obviously done our groundwork through the uh, the scouting teams that we've got out there, and they've they've earmarked these players that they'll slot in into positions. Bruno's obviously got his ideas for the summer now, uh, and it'll be very interesting to see if we open that checkbook and whether we spend fifty million, hundred million, hundred fifty million. I think Wolves will. Wolves will. We definitely got to increase the quality of the squad. Um, Trincao, I'm not sure he's, he's worth twenty five million. I mean, you you saw yesterday something when he came on for this cameo. He's got undoubted ability. Und- yeah. He's undoubted lots of ability. Whether or not Wolves go back to Barcelona and you know say, well, we'll have him for fifteen million. Um, then maybe but 25 million for me is too much. Yeah, it'll all depend on whether Triore is going to stay with Barca at the moment. I don't think he will. I think he'll be back at Wolves. But I think Why we will say that. I don't think uh, he's fitted in. He's certainly not getting the game time he thought he was going to get. But Barca aren't 100%. He was, he? He, was. he was, but but he wasn't playing how they wanted to to get the play. So I don't know why he's been sidelined so much, but uh, I think he'll come back. I don't think they've got the 30 million price tag that we want for him. So I think we might see a deal done with said player coming back to us. Um, but whether we get 5 million or 10 million as the uh, the payment with a player, that's to be seen because we just haven't got the money. No, well, 5 or 10 million for Triore. Yeah, know, but with so... a player coming the other way in the deal, Ah, I see what it'll it make sense. But whether that player is somebody we've already got at the club, or whether that's going to be a secondary player coming into us, I for one wouldn't keep Trincao. I I haven't seen enough yet to say that I'd I've want seen him more of Trincao than uh, yes than Trincao. Trincao. Yeah, that's right. When Mar- he's so direct, and we like direct at Wolves. Yeah, that's it. Marshall started to come along. Um, the one thing I would like to see is Fabio Silva getting a little bit more than five, ten minutes here and there. Oh, but I think he's done well when he's come he's, on, Fabio. He's done very well. I think he needs a little bit more game time. Maybe even a loan out at the beginning of next season just to get him some game time and then bring him back for the second half. Well, he's but only going to go out on loan if we've got another centre-forward. Somebody else, which, as I say, I think in the summer we are going to spend and bring somebody in in that position. Well, somebody with a bit of place. Yeah, well, it, you know, Burnley goes down. There's that chappy they got from Wolfsburg. He looks decent. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's, a, there's a few players. That, the only thing worry I ever have with teams that are relegated is have the players just turned off from the game and they're not interested and that's why they've gone down. Is it a certain player in the squad that's bringing the rest of the squad down that's disturbed? It's, and, and the likes of Burnley if they go down, Watford if they go down, what can you say? I mean, Norwich are down. Would you take Pookie? That's a question there. Then. No. See, you wouldn't take Pookie. Now, I like Would Pookie. You? I like his style of play. I like his style of play, but I don't see him being a player that you could put in 90 minutes of every game. I don't so think I wouldn't he, buy him. he would give us anything different than we've got. Than we've, what got we've got. The likes of Neto and Wanga are very Pookie-ish. We, yeah. need, we need, you know, someone that's a bit old school centre-forward that you can bring on that's got that 
you know, think about it. Well, I think Pedence does a job in that sort of hazard type role and can, has got a shot on him. You know, you've got Neto who's direct. Wang, you know, has still got to develop for me. I think he's got something, but yeah, we've got options definitely. But you know, I think Fabio Silva. You know, I think. I've, every time I see him, I think he's he, he is going to be a great player, but he he needs a bit more game time. I, again, when, when yeah. he came on, he he put himself about. He was all over the pitch at Everton. A lot yeah, yeah, he is, and he he was definitely running and getting the ball off off more players than we've seen in the past. And he got a little bit of presence in him where he could go in and uh, use his little bit more bulk that he got to get players off the ball, which I like to see. 100%. So, final thoughts on your performance rating your man of the match. What's your nomination? Right. Watford game, I'd give it Jose Sarr, just purely on the fact that uh, he, he started to build everything up from the back and he's, he's kicking bar two balls was spot on. Um, I'd give us a performance rating there of eight because we control that very easily. The Everton game, um, Pedence was my man of the match because he was he was, he was was running and chasing everything. Didn't want to give up. Um I'd give us eight and a half against Everton. So overall, I think we're at 8.25. 8.25. So guys, leave your, um, will you please leave your man of the match and your performance rating for the Watford game? We've got Neves nomination. Um, I think, did, what did, uh, was it Cody? Um, We've got um, Pedence. Oh, I said Cody. What did he say? Neves. You had two Neves. Who, what did, uh, Hold on. What did Josh, Josh say? what did you say? Just messages, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, yeah, Johnny. We'll leave you on. We'll leave you on whilst no, it change the background for a for a for a thing whilst we've got this going. There we go. Got a bit of Molyneux instead. Not quite as good as uh, we've got the Molyneux in the background, but we also know, of course, that he's on the roof. So, you know, you just can't pick <laughs> up and see. So we've got Johnny Otto nomination. We've got Ruben Neves. We've got Mike Conacode. And we've got Daniel Pedence. You've got a couple of minutes. Um, final thoughts between you two looking ahead to Leeds. Uh, score predictions, guys. Let's go with you first, Josh. I'm going to go 1 0. 1 0 Wolves. 1 0 towards Who's going to score the goal? I am going to go with Daniel Pedence. Mr. Bananza himself. Oh. Fantastic. Sam? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very, very tight game. I think it'll be 2 1 Wolves. I do think, unfortunately, we'll let a goal in the first half mm-hmm. and we'll be fighting it back. Um, I think we're going to see Neves. And uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Silva doesn't get a little bit of time, but I'm not sure if they'll get a goal. I'll tell you what, I, think... I want him to score oh, so I do so bad. much. Just I to give him a little bit of confidence. So I'll, I'll say Neves and, and Silva just to uh, get him going. So Neves and uh, Neves and Silva, absolutely... Uh... I really want Silver to score because I think he's done everything but, hasn't he? It would be absolutely fantastic. And at this point in time, after the Watford uh, and and also uh, the Watford and Everton results, Josh, good feeling on where we're finishing at this point with nine games to go. 27 points still to play. Walls on 46. How many points are we going to finish on, Josh? I'm going to go... Um, worked it out this morning actually. Uh, where are we now? So I'm going to go 59 or six. I'm going to go 60. 60 points and what, what position? Seventh. Seventh. 
Sam? I think we're going to end up on 62, and I think we're going to get sixth. I really do. I think West yeah. Ham are, I think West Ham are going to drop their form and we're going to take their position. Creeping. Six. Yeah. By the way, if my memory remembers my memory serves me right, the nineteen twenty season we finished on fifty nine points. I thought it was fifty six. I thought it was fifty nine. Previous season I thought it was fifty six. Um, well, let's it. just we'll somebody just, check it because we had this somebody, on our bus on Saturday. Somebody I, check it in the uh, in the chat. Some the producer has yeah. just sent that the uh, the official uh, the official people's man of the match. Uh, agrees with the overall votes of the pundits man of the match, and they've gone with <laughs> Ruben, Ruben Nevis. We're just waiting for the. Uh, we're just waiting. I think Paul still watching. He'll 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 find 59. this out. Was it fifty nine? Yeah, just checked. So Kieran Russell says he thinks it's fifty nine. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um, so sixty and sixty two. Would be fantastic. Um, I've just got to ask you because Sam, you said Wolves. You think are going to finish six? That I means don't. obviously West Ham. But out of Arsenal, Tottenham, and Man United, who's going to be who, fourth? Who's who's no? Who's awesome. going to who's going to be who's going to be who we're going to be above out of them three? Because we've got to get obviously Liverpool, City, and Chelsea are given. Then you've got Arsenal, Tottenham, and United to finish six. We've got to finish above one of those. Who are you saying? Okay. And United, I think, are going to finish in, in seventh. So you're going to, you're saying you're going to finish your Seriously. United? Yeah. I, I just, there's something about Man United. They're not consistent enough for me at the moment. So we're, we're going to, we're, how many points are we behind United at the moment? Are we mm. six behind them? I don't, I don't know. After the weekend, it. after, it might be I, nine after the weekend, but I'm not 100% sure. You'd have I to check it. I think it's six. I think it's five. Is Hold it five? On. I don't... Josh is having a look now. What else Four. we could do before we finish? We're Four, Four points. Four yeah. points. There you go. Man United are going to finish seventh. Fantastic. <laughs> Hang on. I'm just going to see if I can get anything on that. <laughs> we have a look, you know. I mean, if we had a betting partner, we could. they could have come on now. And, uh, yeah. and thinking. Anyway, listen, just thank you ever so much to uh, Spider VPN uh, for powering the show. Um, as I say, if you want to become a member, you, you get the little wall set in the corner and they change colour the longer your members and they've got lots of other things. We've got a Discord group and stuff like that. It really does support the channel because obviously the software for, to run in the... Uh, I have to pay for the software for running the streams and stuff like that and try and invest in mics and things. So that would be... Anyone wants to support, please do. Don't forget the football prizes link and the is in the thing below. I know that you've got a pair of Jose Sar gloves that you managed to get yourself, so that's okay for you, Sam. But there is a, a signed, uh, a, there is a competition. There's already 36 sold, and there's only 65 entries. If you want to get into that, I just want to thank um, Jack. Um, I want to thank Chris. Obviously, let's actually Jack's there, so let's get him on. We need to get Jack's opinion. We've got us all on the screen now. So hold on, Jack. Your opinion. Points and position. I think we'll finish on sixty-one. I think we'll win five more games. Hold on. So Josh is sixty. You're sixty-one, and Sam sixty-two. Ooh, yeah. So close. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think we'll draw another game. I think we'll either win or lose every single game because I think that's how we play now. So I think we'll win five, and I think we'll lose five or something like that. We have got a couple of. Tough we, we can't lose five because there's only nine games to well, go. Okay, win five, lose four, then. So sixty-one points, seventh place. I think we'll finish above West Ham and Tottenham. Jack, West do you not? And Jack, Tottenham. do you not think 
Yeah, do you not think at the end of the season we're going to stop Liverpool getting the title with a draw? Oh, well, I, I think we, there's every possibility, isn't there? Mm. I'm not sure how we'll I'll... get a Van Field alive if we do, but um, you yeah. know, it, it'll be a. I mean, because there could be so much riding on that game, couldn't there? Yeah. I mean, because you remember when we went there the other year, we we were there and they needed to to better Man City's result, didn't they? And for they went one up against us early. Yeah. And they were top of the league at that point, and they were going bananas and then Man City went in front and we give them a little bit of stick and then that was it so it could be the same again couldn't it yeah so, we've got Stuart who thinks we could get fifth just in that yeah I there's no that. reason why not oh it's back on again if we beat Leeds as well on Friday night so can you imagine then we beat don't, the- don't forget West Ham play Tottenham on Sunday or Saturday yeah so if we win on Friday one of those is bound to drop points, if not both, on on the weekend. So, the table could look a lot much, look much better on. Uh, it's for us, yeah. The weekend, yeah. Oh, apparently, oh, it's nil nil. Yeah, yeah. Just finished nil nil. Oh, that's really putting the uh, the total race into the. You could be right about that uh, about that draw. That Liverpool game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, Liverpool. there could be something on that big time. Yeah. Can you imagine that if we did? Liverpool have got a game in hand with a Man City and Liverpool game coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah. And uh, okay. Going to be interesting. We're getting into Premier League stuff, but okay, who's going to win the title, City or Liverpool? Sam. City. Josh. I was saying City, but after watching them tonight, I'm going to go Liverpool now. Oh, that means that you're on the fence, Jack. They've got the deciding vote. City. City. I still think City will win it as well. So, who said Liverpool? Josh. It pains me to say it, but I think 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 they could nick it. Let's just hope the the league's won by the time we go there. Last game of the season. No, no. Um, Great game. Two-one Wolves score to secure six and stop Liverpool. Robert Fletcher. Now Robert Fletcher, just because he just because he's got this thing, he always predicts a Wolves loss. Um, because lately, every time he does that, we've gone and won. So, we, um, but it might change his mind if we need to get six. He'll probably say two-one Liverpool on the last match of the season. <laughs> Neto scoring at Liverpool prediction. Been a great show tonight, anyway, guys. Thank you so much for for joining. I much appreciate it. Good to finish with you all on the uh, the thing. If you've enjoyed it, please smash a, a like on the video. Subscribe and you can get involved in the chat. If you're listening to this back uh, on catch up on YouTube, don't forget to leave something in the comments below. And if you're listening to it on the Always Walls podcast, it will be out. The producer will have it out in the morning, so you can listen to it on your way to and from work or if you're going out for a run or that type of thing. Um, and hopefully you listen to back one hour, 48 minutes, nearly 49 minutes of, uh, of chat. Um, thank you, Sam. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Chris. And until the next one from all of us, God bless you and your families. Always wolves. Always wolves. Always wolves. Always wolves. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? 
at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.